Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey guys, very happy to announce our new sponsor of the show, and that is Run Your Mouth Coffee. Run Your Mouth Coffee is where delicious coffee meets uncensored speech. The co-founders are libertarians who have paired their love of fresh roasted coffee with the healthy hatred of censorship. Run Your Mouth Coffee was founded by two libertarian podcasters you might know, John Odermatt and Ben Pangy. The coffee beans are sourced from around the world and roasted to order in the U.S., so you receive your fresh roasted coffee at its peak flavor. If you're feeling rebellious, check out the Rebellion Beans. They're aged for 30 days in a bourbon barrel, then roasted to order. Go to rymcoffee.com and use promo code PTTW for 10% off and free shipping. And guys, there are a lot of reasons to support this company. I mean, not only is it a just great product and a product that you're already using, but with woke capitalism taking over, you don't want to support big corporations that are going woke. I mean, Starbucks, it's overpriced, it's overrated. Folgers is, I mean, it, they're probably woke. I haven't checked, but you know, anytime you have like a Chick-fil-A in the news, it's a big deal. So I just assume default settings, it's, you know, they're woke. So go with the anti-woke people. Support like-minded libertarians. So go to rymcoffee.com, use promo code PTTW, and get 10% off and free shipping. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Nick Paul of the Pauls to the Wall podcast. Get to talk about some jujitsu and, of course, a little bit of, I guess you can say politics. Fun episode. Nick has turned into a great friend of the Kelly Patrick Show. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Details for the sponsors of the show are as follows. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com.
com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am joined on the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster line by Nick Paul. Nick, how are you today? Hey, Kelly, not too bad. How are you doing? Doing very well. Really appreciate you joining me. Uh, wanted to chat today and kind of uh, catch up. Has been a little bit of time since we last spoke. Uh, a lot going on in the world of everything, I guess, in the United States and all across the world. I was talking on a, a podcast yesterday with... Uh, Mark Claire, my wife, um, you know, of course, is from Cuba. Cuba has some protests scheduled for the 15th. So what's that Monday? Um, so there's just chaos all over the fucking world. Yeah, no, it is. It is nuts. You feel like there's something um, there's something like worldwide right now that's happening. Like there there's some resistance and there is a crackdown by the uh, the authoritarians. Like they they realize that more and more people are waking up. And those people pose a threat if they're able to rally their numbers. So it's like the, if you think about how crazy it was that just three years ago in 2018, that's when Alex Jones was deplatformed off of YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. Like they all did it, you know, simultaneously. And at the time it was so unprecedented, right? It's like, you're going to remove somebody, just blacklist them off of all these social media platforms where they make their living, you know, influencing people and reaching their audience. And a lot of people at the time brought up how it was a slippery slope, right? Like it was, you know, if you let Alex Jones off, then, or if you kick him off, then where does it stop? Like who, who are you willing to, uh, to, to get rid of, or who are you, who are you not going to listen to? Um, and then sure enough, we saw people like Gavin McInnes and the list just goes on and on and on. And now it's like, if you say something critical about the COVID jab, then you're, you're done, you know? And it's just this, this strange thing happening where, beginning a few years ago, the powers that be started really, really trying to silence dissent. Like they were just crushing down on people. And, um, it, you know, especially with COVID, like we just stomped on the gas and now we're reaching this, this weird, uh, burning point where we're trying to, you know, wake people up and, and fight back. Cause if they don't have the public's consent, none of this works. Like they need the illusion of power. It's the, the wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain. Um, and I think when people realize that the, the man behind the curtain is just some unimpressive schmuck and not these wise authorities, then they know the jig is up. So right now they're trying to silence and crack down and, and just look at the way they treated Joe Rogan with, you know, taking ivermectin. All of a sudden Joe Rogan is not a doctor and he's taking horse dewormer. They just try to delegitimize you without taking your points on at all. And it existed five years ago, but today it's just so much more extreme. Wow. Yeah. Crazy shit going on. There's a lot of directions uh, we can take this. Before we go further with the the coronavirus vaccine and all that fun fun stuff, what are your thoughts on Alex Jones? Oh, I mean, the guy's been right about more than he's been wrong. And he's far more accurate than any cable news pundit. So, um, of course, Alex Jones gets some things wrong, but so does everybody. Mostly and Sandy Hook, I think, right? 
Yeah, well, you know what's weird about Sandy Hook? And that was the justification for banning him off of all these platforms. And that happened in, like, 2014. Like, they decided to dig up a four-year-old response that he had, a uh, segment on his show, and then that was the reason. They brought it up four years after the fact and acted like it just happened that week. Like, you could tell they were, they were looking for something like, okay, what's the most offensive thing we can dig up that he said and use that to get rid of them? And it's like, well, clearly questioning whether or not children were murdered. Uh, that's obviously a very sensitive subject, especially, I mean, to the, the victims of the families, but also anybody with kids. Like, they, it just kind of pulls on these heartstrings that are there for everybody, like, you know, dead kids. So, um, you know, the, the Sandy Hook thing, like, sure, he was wrong, but he walked it back, like, a year later. You know, he, he said, you know, he found more evidence, and I don't want to speculate about Sandy Hook, about the accuracies or inaccuracies or things being fishy. Um, I'm not making any claims at all. But, yeah, I, I mean, you look at where the guy has been um, for the last 20 years, uh, he's, he's pretty on point, you know, <laughs> as much as anybody can be while making bold predictions and, and uh, citing information, which he's actually phenomenal at. I don't care who you are. When you listen to him, he's able to, like, cite bills and articles and all these things. Um, he's really only second to, like, Scott Horton and Ryan Dawson, in my opinion. I'm not as familiar with Ryan Dawson, and I, I think he wouldn't like this, but he has some interesting takes on 9-11. Is that right? Um, Alex Jones, yeah. I don't follow him too much on the 9-11 stuff. Um, no, I'm sorry. You know, uh, Ryan, Ryan Dawson. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and he's very much like Scott Horton, where it's not like full-blown 9-11 truther where they think that holograms and direct energy weapons were used to bring down the towers. Um, it's more about how the CIA had kind of allowed, like they were very aware of the Saudi hijackers. So like they, they knew that they were in flight school. They were monitoring them. Um, one of the flight, uh, instructors actually reported one of the guys to the FBI. He was something like he wasn't interested in landing the plane or learning how to land planes. And he's like, uh, this is a, Hey guys, this is a little weird. This guy's, you know, not really trying to be a pilot per se. He's just trying to learn how to like vaguely fly an aircraft. So the, uh, the CIA was aware of it. They, they knew where all these guys were beforehand. They knew about Osama bin Laden. Like they, they were well aware of all this stuff. Um, I mean, God, we could do probably three hours on 9-11. My, my opinions have changed all over the place over the last 10 years on that topic. Interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind talking about that sometime. Um, so back to the original start of the conversation. You were saying that it's been a wild three years ever since... Basically, Alex Jones was deplatformed, and since then, of course, we even saw a sitting, a fucking sitting president be deplatformed too. So, just a wild time uh, for, I guess, surveillance. Yeah, no, I mean, and if you wanted to, like, the idea of a deep state five, six years ago was crazy to most people. Then, then it was like, again, about Alex Jones' accuracies he was talking about the deep state for, he's been talking about it for the last two decades. And I think it's become absolutely undeniable over the last five years. I mean, we saw an attempted coup, like you just mentioned with the sitting president of the United States and this weird technocracy oligarchy that we have, uh, banning him off of Twitter, like taking away the president of the United States' ability to communicate freely. Um, which of course with Trump is just uh, very, <laughs> very charged up sentence fragments via Twitter. But, uh, the idea that that would be possible five years ago would be insane. Nobody would buy that. I mean, when you look at the the crackdown um, 
and, and the, the blacklisting and how it all seems to move uh, in this simultaneous direction with uh, the CIA, the FBI, Facebook, Twitter, Google, all of these institutions that, that all seem to arrive at the same conclusions at the exact same time. Like they move in unison like a flock of birds. Uh, it's very clear. I, I don't think that there's like, you know, the Rothschild behind the curtain. Uh, and they're the ones that are like, they're the, the Kings and they, they decide where all the pieces move on the chessboard. I think it's a little more nuanced than that. Uh, the guy who I think has the most compelling argument about who the powers are is Curtis Yarvin, where he talks more about how like the institutions, the cathedral, he calls it, which is, uh, the deep state, the, the universities, Hollywood and the media how all of these things kind of act as their own organisms. Like all these individuals kind of comprise this institution and the institution has a will of its own. And then when the institutions realize that they can work together to benefit each other, then they do so. And right now we see that with like, why is, why is Pfizer working with, why are they sponsoring CBS news? You know, it's a very strange thing. It's like, and they'll actually say brought to you by Pfizer. (laughs) They're not even hiding it anymore. And, you know, why do all of the Hollywood actors go along with, like, go get your jab? Everybody's got to go get their jab. Um, and, and look at how they all have the same opinions all the time. It's not by coincidence. It's because they found this kind of, like, symbiotic relationship with each other where, you know, what's good for them is good for the other. So that's, that's what I think is more likely how this all works. So... Who are the main outliers? Uh, would Donald Trump be counted? <laughs> I guess, apparently, the, the powers that be were not big fans of Donald Trump, correct? Yeah, I, I think so. And you'll get some conspiracy people that will try to claim that like Trump is in on all this and he's a pawn, and I think that's just kind of silly. I think you take Occam's razor a little bit uh, where you go with the most simple thing. Like why they, they wanted to act like Trump was controlled opposition. I think that's not even worth uh, discussing. I think that's really silly. I mean, they, they attempted a coup against him. He was definitely a fly in the ointment to the establishment. And unfortunately he didn't drain the swamp, uh, like he promised he would. And to be honest, I don't know if it was even within his power to do so. Um, one of the, the clips that Dave Smith always brings up that is extremely revealing is when Rachel, I think it was Rachel Maddow had Chuck Schumer on uh, her show in 2016 or 17, or I think 2017. And while they're on the show, Rachel Maddow goes, she goes, uh, Senator, I don't want to, uh, you know, ambush you with this, but Donald Trump just tweeted that, uh, you know, the CIA are, they're full of liars and they perpetuate narratives or something like that. Donald Trump had a tweet that was critical of the CIA and the intelligence community and Chuck Schumer, cause you know, usually they have their prepared lines and they know what the questions are and how to craft their words to be careful. Uh, Chuck Schumer didn't have any prep time. He just goes, he goes, Donald Trump should be very careful. You don't want to get on the wrong side of the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday to get back at you. And it's like, he just said the quiet part out loud. He just admitted that these unelected bureaucrats, the deep state have more power than the president. Like it's, it's, he's saying in no uncertain terms, this is how DC works and how politics works in general, that the people who are unelected that remain there, for you know, administration after administration, it's not a coincidence that they all campaign on different things, but broadly, all the themes stay the same. The monetary policy continues, the the foreign policy continues, all of the sort of drug laws and all of these the the you know corporatist policies that benefit large corporations and banks. Those all stay in place no matter what the president campaigns on. 
so the president is really just kind of this, he's a face. That's all he really is. He, he gets in there. Maybe he gets a couple of pet issues uh, that he throws to his voter base, some red meat for, for his voters. But really, it's all superficial stuff. And the big stuff is really unchangeable. And that's where you get a lot of, you know, more conspiracy people that look at like the JFK assassination. You know, was he taken out? And was it because he was doing things like trying to repeal the Federal Reserve, which I don't think he actually was doing. I think he was trying to move uh, some, some sort of like silver. He wanted dollars to be based on silver, something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's unbelievable, uh, how, how obvious it's become. What was conspiracy theory, uh, mere years ago has now become fact. It's just, I'm not, I'm not going to pitch you a theory. I'm just citing real information that shows how these people work together. Would that be consistent with something I've heard from Dave Smith a lot where he says, you know, democracy, and I guess you could use air quotes, right? Democracy isn't you know, isn't as great as everybody, a lot of people sell it to be. Democracy, everybody acts like we got to spread democracy across the world like we have here. How much of a, a, a say do we actually have in what's going on? Oh, no, I, I completely agree. And I mean, just if you want to say like in complete theoretical terms, I, I don't think democracy is a great thing. The idea that the 51% can dictate to the 49%, the, you know, they can impose their will on them. I don't think that's a very good thing. I think that's actually pretty dangerous. But also what we call democracy, it's kind of like how we call the economic system that we have capitalism. It's like, no, that's become like a perverted version of it. But we don't even have the democracy that people claim to want. You know, what we really have is an oligarchy. Uh, You look at how many people are in favor of marijuana legalization, like repealing the federal ban. Um, It's most people. And most people want to see... Uh, people who are in prison for possession charges, they want to see them go free. Those are very popular positions. It was a very popular position for the last five, six years to end the war in Afghanistan, yet those things go on. The American people were very against the war in Syria, yet we persisted. You know, our, our bureaucrats still propagated the war in Syria as, as much as they could covertly to not piss off the American people. There was a time when Barack Obama said he was going to, we're going to invade Syria, put boots on the ground, and left and right in this country were like, no, like we're not starting another war. You know, we, they had to start a proxy war, but they realized that they do require that kind of manufactured consent. And sometimes they're just not able to manufacture it. And I'm sorry, what was the question again? I kind of got a little. No, no, I was there. just saying consistent with, with Dave Smith, where he always emphasizes that, Hey guys, let's not overdo the idea that, look, we have democracy here. We have a, a fucking, if we truly had a democracy, then, you know, uh, well, I, I'm not a fan of Bernie Sanders at all, but how was he treated when he tried to get, he got kind of some organic support within the Democratic Party? What happened to him? Oh, yeah, no, no, that's, yeah, that's where we were on, on the topic of democracy. And, and you're right, no, Bernie Sanders was clearly the choice of the people. He had the most passion, he had the biggest numbers, he had all of these things, and they sort of just weaseled him out. Do you remember what they did on Super Tuesday last year where Bernie Sanders had the lead in the majority of, of the Democratic Party in the primaries? And then what they did is right before Super Tuesday where the majority of delegates are dished out, all of the establishment people who weren't going to win dropped out so they could bolster Joe Biden, right? So if it was just an even race between all of them, Bernie was head and shoulders above everybody in terms of popularity. And I think everybody dropped out except for... Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren. So it came down to these 
three people. You have Bernie Sanders, who I think is like a true believer, sort of. I mean, he's really not. He, he falls in line with the establishment when he really needs to, when push comes to shove. But I think that's just because he's a pussy, not because he's uh, he's one of them. Um, and then you had Joe Biden. Just the, We all know what Joe is. He's just a corporatist kind of, you know, a dummy. I mean, like a ventriloquist dummy. He does whatever they tell him um, if he's awake to do so. And Elizabeth Warren, who was able to split the progressive vote away from Bernie. So that was a calculated move where all of these different people that claim to want to be running for president all colluded right when they needed to, to make sure that Bernie Sanders was snubbed and Joe Biden got the election or the nomination. Um, so yeah, I mean, is that democracy? Is that democracy when that happens? Was it democracy when the media completely had a blackout on Ron Paul when again, he had, he, he, I think the Iowa straw poll actually won and the media would say, you know, Mitt Romney came in first and Rudy Giuliani came in third. And it's like, wait, there's no number two. They just the John Stewart's joke was that Ron Paul was the thirteenth level on a on an elevator. You know, it's like they would just completely abandon him and just pretend he wasn't there. And again, Bernie Sanders, Ron Paul, they were the very uh, the the most popular candidates. Yet they were both cheated out of their nominations. And the the one exception to that rule is Trump. But the if you remember the the leaked email from two thousand sixteen, the Podesta email from Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. She asked, she asked, she was working with CNN. She was doing things like getting the, the questions of the presidential debate ahead of time. They were giving her the questions. She was working with Donna Brazil to get the presidential questions ahead of time in the debate, which is crazy. Just that alone, could you imagine if Donald Trump did that with Fox News? It would, it, they would call for his head. Um, but it wasn't just that. She actually had her campaign was coordinating with the mainstream media to say they called it the Pied Piper strategy in the Podesta emails where they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ignore, I think it was ignore Rand Paul and Ted Cruz. Just forget about them. Don't talk about them. Uh, talk about them as little as possible. And we really want to promote Donald Trump. And I forgot, or maybe it was Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. They, they thought that they would be the easier people to run against. Mm. So the, the, her campaign was working with the media to say, ignore these candidates, let them fall by the wayside, and promote these, because these are the matchups that we want. You know, it's like a fighter that is saying, like, okay, I want to handpick my opponent, um, and they're able to do it with the promoter, that kind of collusion. And she got what she wished for. So Donald Trump was the nominee. The, the media gave him all of the free press they possibly could, and he was able to whip up that populism and actually win. So, yeah, <laughs> In hindsight, how fucked up is that? Yeah, it's hilarious that she asked for that fight and then got her ass whooped. It's, it's still to this day, if nothing else, we should all be grateful to Donald Trump for making the media lose their minds. <laughs> oh, 1,000%. There are so many instances. Even how he attract, like, attacked people within the Republican Party was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, taking out Jeb Bush. What was his nickname for Jeb Bush again? Was it Sleep, sleepy, sleepy, Jeb? sleepy Jeb? No, low energy jab. Low energy yeah, jab. Low energy so jab. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. It's so great. Yeah. So I think Trump was the exception to the rule there, um, and then they realized that he was. They were like an immune system trying to purge a virus uh, from them. You know, that's what his whole presidency was. So yeah, I, I think that's that's what I think about democracy. It's not good in theory, and we don't even have it. So what's the point of trying to spread it to the rest of the world? It's such a silly, nonsensical thing. We don't even have it. And to be honest, I got to say I'm probably kind of happy we do. Follow me. 
or happy we don't actually have democracy. A lot of the polls suggest at least 60% of the country basically loves everything Bernie says. Shit like that. I've seen seen that. I mean, do do those numbers sound accurate to you? Yeah, yeah. I think, and when they do a lot of those polls, like you ask people, do you believe in Medicare for all? Um, And this is another thing Dave Smith has talked about, the way they phrase questions, they can Mm. kind of get the public, because they're not super well-educated, your average voter. They'll say, do you support Medicare for all? And people will say, like, absolutely. Like, it's it's something like 70% of Americans support it. Then you ask them, do they want government-funded health care? And it's like 80% say no. Which is based on how you phrase the question, people are swayed to vote one way or the other. But, I mean, those those ideas, the, the old kind of socialist tropes, democratic socialist tropes that you can have something for nothing, uh, and the rich can just pick up the tab. And don't worry about the math on how these things work or the, the, the direct impact it has on the economy and your job or prices or all these things. People, they, they don't even think that far ahead, even a little bit. It's just, they, they think of it in very simple terms. Just take from the rich and, and give to the less fortunate. And to that, to a lot of people, if they're not very politically conscious, on face value, it sounds pretty all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, right? I mean, it's pretty pretty sellable. I always joke with my wife, Yanni, that, you know, <laughs> I mean... If you're a good salesman, all you got to walk around and do is say shit like, hey, do you care about old sick people? <laughs> right? Do you, oh, right. You, you don't? Oh, my God. I mean, if you're a good salesman, that's a pretty sellable fucking product. You care about people, right? You care about your common man, you know, shit like that. It's it, When I try to uh, play that card on Yanni, she kind of, you know, gets a little pissed off at me. It's funny. Um, That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of fun there. Um, I, I love it. We started with the coronavirus uh, vaccination, which, to be honest, I'm not I'm not paranoid about being deplatformed by saying it, so I'll say, say it again. Uh, vaccination. Um, then we talked a little bit about democracy. We're touching on, you know, some different, different topics here. What do you think of Kyle Rittenhouse? Oh, the hero, Kyle Rittenhouse? That's uh, partially a joke, but... No, I think, well, so right now, by the time people listen to this, uh, we'll see how this actually transpires uh, come Monday or, or whenever they come out with the verdict. But uh, I think this is actually way more important. Usually the, the country always has, like, they have a weird drama porn thing where we love, like, having these national court cases that are televised, uh, or I guess they're actually state level, but that are national stories. Like, just think of, like, O.J. Simpson, and ever since then there's, Casey Anthony and all these people where we just kind of, it's like a gossip uh, soap opera kind of thing where we follow these court cases. This one is actually extremely important. And I think it's important because this is really setting the precedent moving forward for what self-defense is. Do you have the right to defend yourself legally in this country? Um, I think it's way bigger than a lot of people realize. I I think that he was clearly acting in self-defense and if he's ruled guilty, if the ruling is that he's guilty, I think that's a, a very sad and dangerous day in, in American history because the kid didn't do anything wrong. He, he acted in self-defense. And can, if he goes down, then it's, it's bad news. Can you set the table? What's your version of exactly what happened? I, I, I've, I know you follow shit like this pretty good, but what, what happened? He showed up to what with, with you know, armed. What happened? 
So it's been a while since I've followed like every single chain of event, but basically he lived in um, Antioch, Illinois, which isn't too far for me. And he was a lifeguard in Waukesha, which is, uh, or sorry, Kenosha. I'm thinking my Wisconsin cities mixed up, but it's only like a half hour away. Like I live in Illinois and I work in Wisconsin and you could say I'm crossing state lines to go to work. And it's like, yeah, I have a 40 minute commute. Big deal. So this 17 year old kid, this is where he's he's stupid. His mom's stupid right off the bat. If you have a 17 year old son, I I don't think you want to send him to go defend property in a riot. It just seems like a really bad idea. What what, what property was he defending? He, so he was just talking about helping defend uh, some businesses. And he was also going there. He was like a, a wannabe, um, or he wanted to be like a cop or paramedic or something. He, he wanted to go and just be a public servant just to help people in need. He was actually rendering aid to people who were injured in the riots. Uh, there's pictures of him like cleaning graffiti. He just wanted to be involved in like managing the riots or something like that. Like he was, it was really unclear and he brought an AR-15 to defend himself if need be. And so he goes there and he's kind of hauling around again, helping people in the riots, doing all these, these things, kind of defending businesses, like standing guard as a deterrent. It's really unclear exactly what his intentions were going like, Kyle, what were you really like trying to do? What I don't think he was not going there to hunt anybody down. That was, that's a complete fabricated media lie. So he goes to the riots and he finds himself, I think that what started it was these arsonists had taken a dumpster and lit it on fire and they were trying to shove it into a gas station. Right. And so he's trying to put out the flames, do all these things. And he gets caught up in a mob of people. And I think one of them pulls a gun. You can see a muzzle flash in the back, uh, right when this thing is starting and he starts running. Uh, and they, the first guy chases him and he's able to, uh, or uh, which guy attacked him first? This is where this is where I, I haven't been following super closely. I watched all the video recently, but basically, one guy chases him. He falls. He shoots him. Uh, I think he kills the first guy. Shoots him in the chest. Then another guy runs and he pulls a gun. The guy that's alive right now, uh, and he shoots him in the arm, blows up his bicep, and then a third guy chases him with a skateboard and tries to bash him over the head with a skateboard. Kyle falls to his butt, shoots off of his back, and kills that guy. And then immediately he runs, sobbing and turning himself into the police and asking for help. Um, and then that the rest is history. So that's he he just caught himself in this moment of chaos and he defended himself against an angry mob. Uh, the the prosecution right now, as of today, I was just listening to Tim Pool right before we got on here, and apparently in in court today, they used this, uh, this computer generated imagery, like where they, they take a very out of focus part of a video and they zoom in on it. And then this algorithm will actually accentuate all of the pixels and they can act like they're making a clear image out of it, which is a legit technology. It can make video look better, but it's not a real thing. It's a, an artificially created image. And what they found and the or what they what they're showing to the judge and the jury and and the defendants is it looks like Kyle is raising his weapon first. And if that if they're able to convince the jury of that, then he will go down because then they'll say that this was provoked and that he actually threatened first and then shot them after they attacked them and then all of a sudden they're defending themselves. 
And I think it's complete nonsense and garbage. It's a computer generated image. That's not a real image. Um, it goes against what the witnesses say. And even what the guy who was shot uh, in the arm are saying, like he admitted that this is like the big dunk of the trial so far. He said, so you weren't shot until you drew your weapon on Kyle. He goes, yes, that's correct. So that's, that's where we're sitting right now. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think he was acting maliciously. I don't think he went there to kill anybody. Um, I think he's just kind of a, a dumb kid that got caught up in a situation he shouldn't have been in. And when he was there, then he acted to defend himself and he did it successfully. Wow. I mean, everybody, LeBron James is chiming in on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. And the, so the, like he had that breakdown. I don't know if you saw the video of him sobbing. Uh, at the on the stand, I saw some saw some of the clips of it. Yes, yeah. So what what's really disingenuous? Where you know, like whenever there's a, a police shooting or whatever, people run to their sides that they're going to defend. They take their sides immediately without knowing the facts. And there have been a ton of people from the beginning that are just anti Kyle Rittenhouse. Like they don't care about learning exactly what happened and did he defend himself. Um, now they're starting to come to, to grips with the fact that he, he was defending himself. You're seeing people admit it now that didn't believe it before. Um, but he was on the stand the other day and he breaks down crying. And all you see all these people that are anti Kyle Rittenhouse saying like, oh, the best actor award goes to like, oh, you should get a, an Emmy for this. And I'm like, is it really that hard to believe that a kid who is 18 years old, 17 when this happened, had to take two people's lives in self-defense. And ever since that happened, he's had people like LeBron James and the president of the United States calling him a white supremacist murderer. And half the population knows his name, knows his face. And a ton of people, millions want him dead. And this kid's been, he's in the, the highest profile court case in many years. And he could potentially, his future could be gone if, if this doesn't go well for him. If something happens and they find him guilty, He's spending life in prison. And so he has this really emotional breakdown that I don't think was an emotional breakdown. I think he had a panic attack on the stand. I mean, that's what it seems like to me. I'm not a psychologist or whatever, but he started like, like gasping air and kind of like violently crying. And they're saying like, Oh, he didn't even have tears. He's, he's faking. Like, is it really hard to believe that a kid in this situation is not actually having a panic attack? I think, if I was 18 and this was happening to me, I can't imagine what would be going through my head. You're, you're like the most popular trending topic in the country right now. And millions of people hate you. And you just like, whether it was in self-defense or not, I would have to imagine that when you take somebody's life that haunts you for a long time. Are there any links to him being like part of any racist organizations? Or is there anything substantive nope. about calling him a racist? Nope. Completely pulled out of thin air. And Again, we talked about the general public being uneducated on things. There's actually, uh, there's no evidence of him being like any sort of white nationalist or anything like that. Also, a lot of people think that he killed black protesters or rioters, and all three of the people that were shot were white. And it just it goes to show uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I thought he, I thought the whole thing was he was a racist that killed that shot black people. He crossed state lines to go hunt black people, and a lot of people still believe that. And they haven't found out that that's not even what anybody says happened until now. Like once the evidence comes out. So, you know, what was the old phrase? The uh, a lie makes its way around the world before the truth gets its shoes on. 
like all of the, the slander about him. Joe Biden tweeted that he was a white supremacist, which is just, again, completely fabricated out of nothing. Wow. So now we got to wait to see. Once again, we're recording this episode 9.42 p.m. Eastern time on Friday, November 12th. So when will we know like the verdict or anything like that? I think they're saying by Monday they want to have a verdict, which um, is kind of crazy. I know that right now, uh, like Chicago Police Department, they're denying time off requests and they're just bracing for rioting, which is probably likely. Um, because that's what we do now as a country. When something happens that we don't like, we, we burn down our own neighborhoods. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll know really shortly, probably by the time a lot of people listen to this, we'll know what happens. What do you think of me making a parallel between this case and the Covington Catholic stuff? Oh, I, I think it's very apt, especially the fact that there are kids that we're talking about, you know, the kid who was guilty of the crime of awkwardly smiling. Um, this is obviously a lot more consequential, but it's the same idea. You know, the media likes to paint their narrative and, and do whatever it takes to whip people up into a frenzy so you can get your ratings, you know? And I think it's beyond just trying to get ratings. I think that's almost too simple. I think that they are in on destabilizing this country. There's no other explanation for it. What was the Covington Catholic kid's name? Oh, shoot. What is his name? I um, forget. Whatever it was, I think he really got paid, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He made out well from that whole thing, as he should. You know, the kid, I mean, could you imagine how much, what is his uh, hourly rate is for what he made off of CNN and all the media companies for how long did it take him to sit there and smile? 10 minutes. And he made a few million, I think. So yeah, good for that kid. He's getting paid like a world-class like spinal surgeon. Maybe this guy will too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think that is the next step. Once you prove your innocence, then you have to actually fight back. You have to give them an incentive not to do this again. And you can get financially rewarded personally in the process. So I, I hope he does. The fact that people like this get paid eventually is a little bit comforting, right? Oh, I think so. Because you have to make them pay. Like, literally, you have to make them pay. So, yeah, I, I like it. Open up all the libel and slander. I'm not sure what the difference are. I think libel is written down, maybe. Um, yeah, no, I, I like it. I like, I like you know holding their feet to the fire after they make a grave mistake. Okay. Great stuff here, Nick. Um, have you been training any jujitsu lately? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm always in the gym. Um, only because it's like my, my therapy, you know, especially with all the things going on in my life. Uh, what we were going to talk about originally, um, which the conversation went in a lot of different directions that I enjoyed, but we were going to talk about the vaccine mandate. Yeah. And as of right now, well, I guess now the mandate is suspended um, until there, there's a higher ruling, I think, in the Supreme Court. Uh, as of right now, you know, I'll be fired from my job. I am 27 years old. I've had COVID. Uh, I'm two to four times more likely to have an adverse reaction, being that I've had it before. I don't need it. I don't want it. And on the same day that this is supposed to go into effect, it's the same day my daughter is born, my wife and I's first child. Uh, is the same day that I'm supposed to be legally fired from my job. So that's had me a little charged up, um, along with just getting ready for the baby coming. So jujitsu to me is my sorely needed therapy. It really is my time to just completely take a vacation from all the noise and just focus. So yeah, jujitsu will always be there. It's like my, my old like trusty 
dog or something. You wrestled in high school, and then you have trained jiu-jitsu ever since, pretty much, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I took probably six, seven months off after graduating high school, and then uh, and then started shortly after. So, yeah, it's been, it'll be nine years next next uh, spring, something and, like that. And you have been doing the Paul's to the Wall podcast for how long? Uh, about a year. Okay. And I've been on a little podcast hiatus just because, like I mentioned, how much I have going on. Um, so it's been it's been a, a long couple months with a lot to do, but getting back to it uh, pretty shortly here. And this is the first recording I've done in probably six seven weeks, so it's it's refreshing. It's fun to do. What motivates you to do it? The podcast, honestly, it was just like right away we saw how accessible some people that. I look up to and Mike looks up, looks up to um, really just how friendly and accessible they are and willing to have a conversation. And like when you talk to them, they're not phoning it in either. Like they, they really enjoy this stuff. They live and breathe it. And it's just, it was so cool to, to talk to these people I look up to and then meet people that I didn't know existed and have really, you know, fun, interesting, thought provoking conversations with them. Um, you know, the podcast is how I eventually connected with you. You know, it's, it's, a it's free. It's been a, a very eye opening, fun hobby to have that only takes, you know, an hour or two a week. So that's, that's kind of what motivates it. I interviewed Mark Claire yesterday and I tried to ask him because I honestly am thinking, I've thought about the possibility of trying to run for some real local, uh, level, you know, office just to contribute, you know, I, I don't like exactly what's going on in our country. I know that may be shocking to you, Nick, but I, I would like to contribute. <laughs> I would like to contribute to things going better, you know, for my kids and eventually my grandkids and shit like that. I think talking at least is not only therapeutic for me and I learn and all that stuff, but I do think spreading these type of messages is important. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I think that's that's the key to all of this. Um, and, and whether or not you think that the solution is like the Mises Caucus thing where it's like we need to take local power and then have a, a national campaign to get on like a, a debate stage or just at least have the mainstream media have to contend with you um, to spread the ideas. Or if you think it's just like we need to create as many agorists as possible or, you know, people that, that believe in completely localizing all of their politics um, all of it's important. I think the more people that we just unplug out of the matrix before we can get to the, the white pills and the black pills and the clear pills, just getting people red pills on, on what's going on. Um, and, and where I stand on that is almost like we've hit that critical mass already. I think it's about half the country kind of realizes that the media is full of shit and what we've been told about COVID and the never ending goalposts uh, shifting they're, if, if they haven't woken up by now, I don't think they're going to wake up. I think there are very few honest, intellectually curious people out there who haven't had their eyes opened yet. And maybe people are just like, maybe they had their eyes opened during COVID and now they're just kind of like going down the rabbit hole. And it's fun to talk to those people and, and spread ideas to that demographic of people. But I think the number of people that are willing to be unplugged from the matrix, it's, uh, I think we've, we've found just about everybody. Okay. Uh, this is a, a corny question. I think I asked it to you and your brother before, but 2024, Dave Smith runs, Ron DeSantis runs, is a Republican, and of course, Dave Smith is a Libertarian. Who are you voting for? Um, You know what? I It depends 
I'd have to see like how it all transpires. Because uh, if we have somebody, depending on what the country looks like in 2024, obviously Gates Smith is just not going to become the 46th president or 47th president of the United States. It's it's just not going to happen. Um, it, but what he can do is get on the mainstream media, force them to cover what he's saying, and really open a lot of people's eyes. So I think before what I said was. I would tell people to listen to Dave Smith, but vote for Ron DeSantis. And I think that's pretty much where I'm at now because I think Ron DeSantis is a real leader. I think he's got balls and he's not afraid to fight back and, and not just play defense. I think he, he likes playing offense, you know, with like banning mass mandates in schools. I think that's awesome. Okay. Very fair answer. Like I said before, that's the, that would be very similar and consistent with my brother and my father and, you know, it's difficult to poke holes in that. Ron DeSantis, of course, has taken some very serious steps in Florida. Had what I would describe as a lot of success. Florida has been a fucking success over the past two years, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you look at just their, like, they, they remained open pretty much the entirety of the, since COVID came out. Uh, I don't want to call it a pandemic. Since, since COVID's been around, they've been open other than, like, the first six weeks. And their death rates, despite having the oldest population in the U.S., they're like middle of the pack in terms of mortality. And it's like, if you're pushing lockdowns and masking and all this stuff, Florida is a pretty big thorn in your side. And that's why they hate him so much, because he's kind of debunking uh, their entire narrative about what needs to be done about this virus. And not only Florida, but look at Texas and Sweden and all of these other places that also weren't draconian with their measures that are doing just fine. Very interesting. If someone hasn't really paid attention, maybe, you know, tried to read through, for example, I saw Keith Olbermann tweeted (laughs) that Florida has the third highest death totals in the country, and it's disgusting that Ron DeSantis said, I don't know, something, I forget what it was. And then I just was like, hmm, I don't know why, first off, I don't fucking know why I follow Keith Olbermann. But for some reason, I'm intrigued in seeing what type of dumb shit is out there. And I Googled, I'm like, what po- <laughs> what states in the United States have the biggest population? I just did a Google search. Nothing to do with any propaganda either way. And shockingly, Florida has the third highest population in the country. So, I mean, just completely misrepresentation of the facts of the entire corona couple years. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's what, why Michael Malice's line is so brilliant, where he said the, the mainstream media is factual but not truthful, right? If you say Florida has the third highest death count in the country, it sounds bad. Like, oh, yeah, those people in Florida, paid, like, just what I just said, they have the third highest deaths and they're not wearing masks and they've been, people have been eating in restaurants and not wearing a mask through their front door. And uh, it's like, well, yeah, but they have the third highest population and they're actually very average in terms of per capita death, right? So it shows that, Government is incompetent and, and unable to control a virus, which is just painfully obvious to anybody who wants to look at the data. I love it. Nick, before we wrap things up, if anyone listening enjoys what you have to say, how can they you know, follow you on social media? How, how can they be a fan of Nick Paul? Uh, okay, so on Twitter, at KimuraKing94. I'm assuming most of your audience knows how to spell Kimura, K-I-M-U-R-A-K-I-N-G-9-4. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, follow Pulse of the Wall podcast. Like I said, we've been on a hiatus, but we're, we're going to get back to it. Um, and especially as I get more settled in with the new house setup. Uh, so yeah, I'd say Twitter, follow our 
podcast on whatever podcast app you use. Uh, YouTube too. We don't post a lot of, we just kind of copy the video onto YouTube. Most of it's audio, but uh, yeah, those three things. And I should give a plug. Would you agree that the Kelly Patrick show Facebook group is very wholesome content? Oh, it is just, it's heartwarming. There's so much just clean, wholesome, just inspirational material on there. I collect so many memes and just inspirational quotes from that Facebook group. It's really, it's, it's a, a, a godsend of a virtual community. <laughs> I love it. I do. You know, I, I love the, I don't know. I love that you're involved in there. I, I love that you've kind of picked up and it's a world weird little world of like liberty and then there's not many people in the libertarian world which i would describe you as a part of regardless of which way you will vote um who train jujitsu i don't think are there um no yeah there's not not too many at least it doesn't come up i think it's it's kind of refreshing that you have something that's like detached from politics uh, i think that's also really important not only do you not want an echo chamber but sometimes you just want an escape so I think it is, it's awesome for that. I love it. Well, Nick, once again, thank you very much for your time. I hope to speak with you again soon. Have a great rest of your evening. Thank you. Yeah, thank you too, Kelly. Appreciate it. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to The Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.